Welcome to the Enlightened Discipline Podcast with Scott Stoffer, a certified financial planner in Silicon Valley. The Enlightened Discipline Podcast is about moving you and your family towards better wealth. This podcast is purely educational. It's Scott's way of paying it forward, helping people make better financial decisions. And now, on with the show with Scott Stoffer and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to the next Better Wealth podcast. Last time we talked about step number two of 10, which was don't try to outguess the markets. And today we're going to talk about the third step to a better investment experience. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to have Scott give us a quick synopsis of what we talked about last time, and then we're going to dive right into number three of 10. So Scott, tell us what we talked about last time. Sure, Matt. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Everything that we needed to know about don't try to outguess the markets we talked about in terms of jelly beans and oxen. Uh, and, and the idea there was to, to illustrate that the collective knowledge of the market is smarter than any one participant or any one manager. And we use the story of trying to guesstimate how many jelly beans are in a, in a jelly bean jar or what the weight of an ox is before it's slaughtered and dressed to show people that in reality, uh, to truly beat the market, you don't just have to be above average. You have to be better than nearly every other market participant because the average guesses of people trying to figure out how many jelly beans are in a jelly bean jar or, or the weight of an oxen um, are actually better than the smartest of the smartest people in the group. Um, and so that, that kind of leads us into number three, which is don't chase past performance. You know, and in, in podcast two, we, we also talked about um, you know, this academic study that we've been looking at. And, and we look, we're going to continue to look at that academic study. And, and basically, we're looking at, um, from that original study, that was the last 15 years, where only 17% of equity mutual funds managers and about 7% of fixed income managers, you know, outperformed. And so I, I bet there are some investors who are thinking, well, I'll just invest in the 17% and the 7% who do outperform. Why not do that? And again, I want to talk about, you know, the most common disclosure out there about investment performance does not state past performance is a good indicator of future performance. It states the opposite. You know, it really says that past performance is is no is is not a good indicator of future performance. And there was there was a book written. Uh, it's called A Random Walk down Wall Street, a very famous book and, and read by many, many people about investing. And there's a great quote in there from the, from the professor, Burton McKeel, who wrote the book. And, and it says, I have become increasingly convinced that the past records of mutual fund managers are essentially worthless in predicting future success. The few examples of consistently superior performance occur no more frequently than can be expected by chance. Wow. It, that's really powerful, dude. It is. And, and we're going to come back to that academic research that really supports this view. So we looked at that, that same study of, of 15 years performance from 2001 to 2015 of mutual funds. When we looked at that same study, but we looked at how the best performing mutual funds did in the first 10 years compared to how they did in the next five years, it showed something called a persistence problem. And persistence is, is really the ability of a successful manager to consistently outperform. And, and really, it's just hard to do. 
So let's let's talk about that data a little bit more in depth. So from 2001 to 2010, in that 10 year period, there were about 20% of equity mutual funds, about 541 out of the 2,758 who outperformed. Looking at those same winners from 2011 to 2015, only 37% still continued to win. That's less than 8% from the beginning. So finding past winners may not help investors identify future outperforming funds. Wow, jeez. I mean, those are some startling numbers, man. And I'm, I'm glad that you keep bringing data into this because it's very important for people to understand that there is a, a strong field of academic study that supports the investment philosophy that you uh, employ at Better Wealth. But what about fixed income funds? I mean, how does this apply to those? Yeah. And, 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 and when you look at the, the fixed income funds from 2001 to 2010, there were 7% of fixed income mutual funds, 53 out of 709 who outperformed. When you look at those same winners from 2011 to 2015, 51% continued to win. And that's less than 5% from the beginning. So, you know, your comment about academic research, it really goes contrary to what we all read in the financial press. Every day we read magazines, you know, the Wall Street Journal, newspaper, you know, uh, TV shows, finance shows, CNBC, all these different things. There aren't many academics that I know of out there spending money on advertising, trying to say, here, look what we discovered with our academic research study. But there are thousands of mutual fund companies out there advertising their performance records. And when you, you know, sort of take away the advertising and you look at some of the, the academic research on how the actual performance is, it just, it, 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 you know, finding past winners doesn't really help investors identify future outperforming managers. And so, you know, these academic studies, as well as research done by by Vanguard and Morningstar really support these results. And what's interesting is the results of both winning equity and fixed income funds show that past performance is just not a reliable indicator of future performance. As even past winners were unlikely to underperform, or excuse me, were likely to underperform in the subsequent five year period through 2015. You know, many smart professional money managers are really striving. They're out there trying to figure out the little morsels of information that can help them identify pricing mistakes. But this competition means that the public information is so quickly reflected in market prices. Remember when we talked about this with the story of understanding market pricing, the mm -hmm. pencils, mm -hmm. you know, all that information that comes together is so quickly reflected in market prices that it leaves few opportunities to exploit that knowledge for profit. You know, so some investors select mutual funds based on past returns. However, it's clear that the funds that have outperformed in the past do not always persist as winners in the future. And so what, what, I, what I really want people to take away with number three, don't chase past performance, is that past performance alone provides little insight into a fund's ability to outperform in the future. There's another great quote from Benjamin Graham in, in The Intelligent Investor, which is just a great book. Uh, and, and his quote is, the investor's chief problem and even his worst enemy is likely to be himself. Mm. We're going to make sure that we put uh, 
the um, book that you referred to earlier with the uh, professor uh, Mal Malkiel Malkiel. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, in the show notes, and we'll make sure that uh, some of these quotes are there too, because this is a, the Benjamin Graham book, The Intelligent Investor, is something that you can still purchase today. Now, I'm going to digress for a moment because you keep bringing up this idea: past performance is not a predictor of future results. But a lot of advisors use Monte Carlo simulations. So I know our audience has probably heard that. So help me understand: Does this? negate that does help me with that I, I i want you to flesh that out a little bit more please yeah so monte carlo simulations are really um really a statistical analysis that you know that we get a little technical here that looks at you know what are the the the, the deviations from the standard expected uh, returns or results and and i think you know monte carlo simulations are really effective in terms of understanding what's the probability of success once you're on track right towards some sort of financial goal are my investments allocated in such a way that the expected returns that i might have what's the probability that i'll be successful um, it's not necessarily something that we use in in terms of evaluating mutual funds or their performance so what will happen is you know we just see so many times that these mutual fund families are out there touting their performance record and their rankings as a reason that you as an investor should put your money with them. You know, and, and it's clear that, you know, that some fund managers might be better than others. You know, we saw that there are 17% um, over a 15 year period that can outperform, 7% uh, in the fixed income space. Uh, we also saw that, that the subsequent five years, if you looked at the first 10 years to the, uh, to the next five years, that it gets even more difficult to find those winners. So that means some of the people who didn't do well the first 10 years did well the last five years. And and the idea that um, that you can that you can use these track records to help you identify in advance, it, it's just not a good idea. You know, stock and, and bond returns really contain a lot of noise. And impressive track records, whether it's you know, over the first five years or the first 10 years, may just be from good luck. Um, so one of the things that we really wanted um, people to understand in step three was the assumption that past performance will continue often proves faulty, leaving many investors disappointed. So don't chase past performance. Uh, you would be much better served looking at ways to build your wealth by letting the market work for you. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about in our next podcast, uh, number four, let markets work for you. Now, we're going to put some some show notes up on the website, so make sure you look at those. We'll have some good resources there for you. Um, but I think the idea or the takeaway here with don't chase past performance is to really understand that, that past performance really isn't a good indicator of future performance. Thank you, Scott. And that will do it for today's podcast. Number three of 10, 10 steps to a better investment experience. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Discipline, brought to you by Better Wealth, proudly serving Silicon Valley for over 15 years. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at betterwealth.us, where Scott will share his insight on how to stay on track, in control, and achieve what matters.